The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, 14 minutes and 20 seconds, where the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. 1420 in the morning for the September 11, 2023. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek.com, the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase of uh, football tickets, baseball tickets, whatever you might go into. Play a uh, preseason hockey starting right around the corner. So lots going on in the sports world. Remember, we are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Go to BellyUpSports.com and check out all of their uh, great articles and other podcasts, such as Crap Root Sports, the Corner Booth Podcast, and one of my uh, favorites on the network, the Sports Stove Podcast. Uh, it's great to listen to to Vince uh, on a weekly basis over there at the Sports Stove Podcast. And remember, thank you very much for uh, listening to our show each and every day here from 1420 World Headquarters. Lots going on over the weekend, so I didn't have a chance to uh, get on the airwaves. It was one of those things. Uh, so Monday morning, we'll get uh, Dave's on later on tonight, but we'll get to 1420 in the morning right now. Uh, it's funny the way uh, pitching has changed over the years and the way the perception of pitching has changed over the years and how pitchers are used uh, a lot more or a lot less nowadays compared to how they used to be back in the day when Nolan Ryan was throwing uh, the 190 pitches a night and going on it and Pedro Martinez was lasting 140 pitches in playoff games. Everything's just a lot different now, whether it's better or worse. It's, that's up for debate here on the show. And I hope you guys get back to us at 1420sportsgmail.com or comment in the, uh, the uh, comment section below but you always got to get a laugh out of a two situation happened over the weekend the first one on friday night with the seattle mariners they were in uh tampa bay where it raised out uh, they're in a in a big playoff spot we talked about earlier last week where the, the seattle mariners were playing some great baseball been struggling a little bit as of late but they were in tampa over the, the weekend and uh they uh, were going into the game the seventh inning i believe it was on friday night with a 4-2 lead george kirby was uh on the mound you know, pitching a whatever he had two or three hits going on on pitching a Another great game. He's a, he's a great, great pitcher, a really good young starter for, for the Mariners. But anyways, uh, he went in. He thought he was done. Went out in the seventh. He got the one out, gave up a double, and then a, a home run. Then he was pulled to make the game 4-4. Uh, his post-game comments is more what, what brought uh, – because a baseball game is a baseball game, but not this time of year where – Wins and losses are are so important, and so crucial. I mean, they all they are at all times of the year, but right now they get magnified a lot more. But George Kirby, he made some comments after the after the game that he said basically, I uh, didn't think I was going, going to be going back out. I'm disappointed I was out there after 90 pitches. I thought I was done. I thought my night was over. I didn't think I should be out there. And uh, he got to stung quite a bit by some old time pitchers and said that that came back and said a lot of things. The next day, Kirby uh, apologized to his manager uh, Scott Service, and and he was. It was one of those things where he said, I, I, uh, I, he apologized. He wished he wasn't out there. He said on and on and on. The one that got me when he said he wished he wasn't out there, that is, uh, that was the, um, worded improperly, whether it was the heat of the moment, how he said it, how it was the, um, emotion uh don't let emotions make make decisions for you and sometimes you know you say things you don't mean in the heat of the moment maybe it's one of those situations but to say he wished he wasn't out there uh he didn't think he needed to go anymore uh that's kind of a bad look for 
for George Kirby. Like I said, whether he meant it or not is another thing. But the pitch, you got put out there. You probably were, weren't told, told between innings that you weren't going back out there. So you got to be ready to go and you got to be ready to, to make some pitches. And if you weren't ready to go, say something to your manager so they can get somebody up in the bullpen, which they probably did. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that I was watching the, the vaunted Mariners uh, Tampa Bay Rays game on Friday night. But it's one of those things you read about the next day. And the way he got stung by a lot of uh, ex-pitchers, one being uh, Roger Clemens was uh, kind of a, a shocking that they, these guys would come out and say something. Another guy was Jared Weaver who came out and said something. These guys were were horses. There's no doubt back in the day, these guys would throw uh, 250 plus innings and whatever a year. Uh, Kirby's been, had a pretty decent start to his career. He goes in night in, night out. He throws a lot of innings, plays plays hard, plays a lot of things, but maybe this is one of those moments getting late in the season and you, you run your mouth a little bit and you say things you don't really mean and then you get caught in it in the media and then when guys, old time guys decide to uh, become keyboard warriors uh, with Clemens who should probably shut his yacht because he, uh, he had a lot of uh, innings in his career that were or, um, aided by uh, some substances, I guess. To, because if you if you look at the stat lines, I don't. We try not to do that here very much at the fourteen twenty World Headquarters, fourteen twenty in the morning. But if you go to the stat lines at this point in his career. Uh, George Kirby has actually pitched more innings in his first two years of service in the major leagues than, than Roger Clemens has in his first two years of, uh, of major league service. It was the comments that were brought about that, that probably just irked, irked, the, irked what uh, irked uh, Roger Clemens, the, the old rocket, to, to say what he did. Uh, Clemens went to Twitter and he said, "I it wouldn't fly in the old days. This is what analytics have done to pitching. Um Maybe it wouldn't fly in the old days, and I do agree with you with that a lot because guys guys competed a lot differently, and guys to, it was just pitches were used a lot differently, and you would only have the one or two relievers, a setup guy, and then a closer, and then that was it. And you had pitches going in to the seventh, eighth inning a lot more than you do now, and that's that's just the way that the game is, is played now. It's just the way the game is is coached at a young age, the way the game you have pitch limits, you have innings limits, you're getting the the third time through the order, whatever it might be. Pitchers are just used a lot different nowadays, and so it's a lot different for a guy who's only in his second year in the big leagues because they they call all these guys a little bit more because their arms are worth how much how many millions of dollars later on in life they're not pitching for 250 grand in a pension right it's it's one of those things these guys are pitching for a for a long uh, story career that might might be a thing and you're pitching for that next contract that might be in the hundreds of millions of dollars so you understand why teams don't want to see overused guys and you also see why Pitchers don't want to be overused at this stage in their career. I don't know if George Kirby has had his his Tommy John yet because everyone gets it no matter what. So I'm not sure where it is. It sits there that he's he's uh, how he's been used or how he's not been used. Like I said, he has he has a pretty big p- uh, innings limit pitch, and he is, seems like a bit of a competitor. I was watching some YouTube videos this morning from from earlier on this season. He got uh, he went eight one one night, and uh, he was happy. And he was excited. He was pumped. He was he was uh, like an old time pitcher should be when you get to that point in the game. Because the Mariners, like I said, they, they they won how many games in a row at one point? They won 19 to 20 or whatever it was that got them into the playoff spot that they're in now in the wild card spot. And then so it's the, you got to think that Kirby is a competitor. And so for uh, for Roger Clemens to be popping off like that, I don't know if it was um, if it was warranted from a guy like Roger Clemens. Like another guy like Jared Weaver, who threw a lot, had a smooth delivery. I like Jared Weaver a lot. He was a competitive kind of guy. But he goes, uh, this is where uh, I'll never be any kind of coach in the big leagues. To be honest, I shouldn't have been uh, – I shouldn't have out there. Come on, man. What the hell? 
I'm I'm uh, paraphrasing. He said he said something different. Uh, what the hell? Embarrassing. Apparently, Kirby and Mariners manager Scott Service had a, a conversation last uh, on Saturday where they cleared the air a little bit, and uh, the way it was brought out that was uh, the the Service says that he's a competitive kind kind of guy, and that Skip has to take the the ball out of his hands, and he likes to be out there a lot. But maybe this one one of these times where the communication wasn't there between the coach and the or the manager. They don't like being called coach when they're the manager between the manager and, and the pitcher or between the pitching coach and the pitcher at this point because usually that happens and they know and for some reason Scott Service put him out there um, these guys are analytics driven they get it they 100% know when, when these guys where they are in the lineup did Service keep them in too long I don't know was Kirby done I don't know but was there a conversation that that should have been had between innings probably and it probably and it, it obviously couldn't have been been had so that's a situation that uh, was probably just mishandled in 162 games you're not going to get every every uh, decision right or every every pitching change right or whatever it might be and that's why uh, some teams win and some teams lose and will this game come back to haunt the the Mariners who knows because now they find themselves two and a half games behind the uh the Houston Astros and only a half game up on on the Texas Rangers who just can't get it to get it together and they're lucky the Mariners haven't pulled away because they've both been five and five in their last 10 but the the Houston Astros are kind of putting it together now and Altuve's been uh, been one of the one of the, the driving forces behind that but it, it's funny to see how like the, these uh, things get blown out of proportion this, this day and age because how many years ago if you had the uh, Seattle Mariners playing the Tampa Bay Rays it wouldn't even be talked about uh no matter if they're in a playoff spot or not, it's one of those things that Twitter and Instagram and uh, Facebook and everything else and just the internet itself, how it's changed, how people follow sports because those two teams aren't exactly media darlings on opposite ends of the, uh, of the, uh, the continent. So it's uh, funny to see how two, two teams that usually aren't very relevant and can become conversations throughout the sports world. But you, you look at another situation that happened yesterday, just in the Bronx, the New York Yankees were uh, Corbin Burns had no hit. The Yankees threw through eight innings, uh, 0-0 tie. Garrett Cole was just as good. I think he gave up four hits. He was pulled in the seventh uh, after 107 pitches. Corbin Burns had 107 pitches through eight, and he, he had a no-hitter going. And this is one that, that uh, I, I get it to an extent. I don't like it as a fan of baseball and as a, uh, a baseball dork, I guess you could say. You, you like to see these guys, when they ha- they're in a no-hit situation, to be able to stay in the game and do something for the fans of their team, for the people in the building. It's one of those uh, parts of forever that you might be at. No hitters are uh, happen a little more frequently than they used to uh, 10, 20 years ago. But you always, uh, when you're in the building or you're watching on TV and you're seeing something special and the notification comes up, I was at Lloyd Nolan Yard yesterday uh, umpiring some some uh, fall, fall baseball, college baseball yesterday, and I was between games. I had games, uh, there was three games, I had the, the middle game off, so I was upstairs in the press box watching the game and, and everything else, so I was there, sitting around up there with a bunch of college-age kids who were who were excited to be watching maybe a no-hitter and, and the like that was going on, and then they, the, the uh, when Burns struck out the, the last guy in the eighth inning, uh, I kind of had a feeling that was going to be it for him at 107 pitches, and yes, they did they did make a pitching change, and, and which was sad to say, but we'll get to that in half a second is that it took away from baseball history and then it just kind of took away from watching the game anymore. Yeah, there's a combined no-hitter, but those mean absolutely nothing to me. They actually went, went to the 13th thing. That game went 13th. The whole no-hitter was uh, broke up in the 11th uh, but by the Yankees, but the, the Yankees ended up winning the game in 13, which kind of stings the uh, the uh, the Brewers a little bit. But it, it kind of took the, the luster off that game where everybody took, turned off the notification, turned off their phones because we were watching the Jays game too up there. But it, one of those things that it takes away 
away from baseball history that the uh, the guy's done and that's it. And I know, I know that uh, the, the no hitter doesn't mean a whole bunch to a lot of people anymore. And it doesn't mean a whole bunch to uh, the big pitcher because there's there's not a uh, a, a, a column in the win and loss column in the, in the stats page in the paper that says how many no hitters or perfect games that were were thrown by your team this year. Uh, this this stage of the season you want to get wins. You want to find a way to get wins, and, and that's the utmost important. They're in a they're in a playoff race with the, the Chicago Cubs, and it's one of those things that you you wonder to you know did, did, does that game matter? Will it matter? Will does the uh, that one game will it matter later on in the season uh, when they get down to game 161, 162 to see who's going to, to the National League Central, who's the champion. So it's it's interesting to see a fan's perspective of how that, that game is is perceived because it's like I said, as soon as uh, Burns got pulled, that was it. The, the watching eyes were, were, were gone from that game because the Yankees are out of it. And, and it's just one of those things that you aren't going to care about, care about that kind of a thing as much. Um, with the no hitter situation when it's a three or third and four, fourth guy in there. And then the, the thing that, that got, that got me was after every guy, they, they, they went in after burns, they went to another arm and another arm and another arm and another arm. And I've always said, if you go to the well too many times and you have four and five pitchers that going in there, eventually human beings are going to screw things up because if you give a human being an opportunity to screw things up, that's what they do. Human beings screw things up. Computers don't human beings do. And so if you keep giving the ball to somebody else and t- somebody else all the time, Time. It's just a law of average that says that that, that that next guy isn't going to be as good. So you wonder why they would go to a, a new guy every inning. And I know you got relievers, you got this guy and that guy and setup guy, and you hope the game finishes into the 10th, 11th, 12th inning, it goes to 13. And then what do you do? Because you want to save arms for later on this week and later on in the season as you're getting into uh, into September, the mid-September uh, last push, the, the last three weeks of the season. It's over three weeks yeah, yesterday. So you wonder how it just is all going to turn out why, and why you would pull a guy when he's at that situation or not leave a reliever in for it for that second inning uh it's kind of an odd thing like you are you trying to preserve the no hitter or aren't you are you trying to win the game or aren't you it was it was odd to me that they kept pulling pitchers over and over and over again and going to a new guy every, every night yes these guys probably had a lot of rest they, the series wasn't much with the yankees and, and the uh the, the um the Brewers this weekend, old timers day. That's and then we'll talk about that maybe on Wednesday. We'll do a Yankee week in review. But uh, it's kind of odd that they would keep going to a new pitcher uh, every every uh, every half inning and find a new guy and how and how the the Brewers ended up losing that game, a game they probably should have won earlier on. But it's just odd that the way they, the pitchers are used nowadays that they kind of talk out of both sides of their mouth, as I am here saying one side's good and one side's bad, and how you don't really know what's going on with pitching staffs and how they're and maybe a guy gets used too long, maybe a guy gets gets uh, pulled too. Uh, and but every team has their analytics. Every team has their guy and how they they, they uh, analyze around these analytics. I think the one thing that really has to change throughout baseball a lot. And every team uses analytics. Some just have better analytics guys than others. But I think that one thing that's really lost in the game of baseball. And I think this can can go more more so for uh, guys my age and, and older, maybe a little bit, uh, and maybe some younger guys too. But the, the, the feel of the game of baseball isn't really there anymore. And they're reading the book too much. And that you can't put a uh, you, you can't put feel on on paper you can't put feel in a in a keyboard you have to get to there's an eye test that goes on with these guys and maybe that's what scott service had on friday night when when he he had he had his pitcher out there george kirby took saying you know what i think he's got he's only at 90 pitches yeah he's been dominant all game long i I can think i can go with this guy and see what happens maybe after the double he should have he should have pulled pulled kirby and then he wouldn't have given up the the uh, the two-run home run who knows it's just odd that, that it went that way and then you go the other side of things where the uh, the eye test had to have been there 
with uh, with Corbin Burns and the, the Milwaukee Brewers, where Craig Council decided to pull his guy with a uh, with a no hitter, the no hit going in the ninth. Do you let him go for one pitcher? It was a nothing nothing game, right? So it's just like, and that game was the utmost importance to the to the Brewers. Like both both games meant a lot to both teams a lot. And it's just funny how analytics went went one way one way for one team, one way the other way. It's always just a funny thing how pitchers are used and how they're just used differently. Like people were trying to compare the uh, the uh, the George Kirby getting pulled on Friday night to Pedro Martinez getting pulled in 03 uh, in that that great game seven with the Yankees when. Uh, when uh, Aaron Boone hit the home run and on and on it goes, but you, you can't really compare the two because Martinez was a, at 130 and he got kept in 130 or 140 pitch, whatever it was, and he thought he was coming out and he got put out there. Then he got pulled it halfway through the inning like Burns, like like uh, George Kirby. And so you can't really compare the two, the moments of everything else. Like you can compare like the the gist of it, I guess, a little bit, but to, to try to compare a, a Friday night in Tampa with the Mariners in September to uh, a Friday, whatever day of the week it was back in uh, 2003 with the uh, online, the AS, ALCS, when the rivalry meant something, they get going again tonight back down in uh, Boston. And to, we'll get off the baseball thing in here in half a second. We'll get to birthdays, but how Major League Baseball hasn't figured it out on the anniversary of 9-11, those terrible tragedies that happened in New York City and across the United States and at the Pentagon and Pennsylvania, how those, how the uh, Major League Baseball hasn't figured it out. The Yankees and the and the Mets should be playing in New York tonight or this afternoon or whatever it might be. How they 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 don't get that right, and how the Yankees are in Boston, and uh, and it doesn't make sense to me. Those two teams should be playing every year. Save one of those Subway Series games for today, and just make sure that, that happens on September 11th every year. Uh, it's it's going to be one that you, you remember for. We'll get to that in half a second. I don't know why baseball can't get out of their own way and figure that one out. It just uh, doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, pitching's going to be like you, you want to save your arms, you want to keep guys going, you want to keep guys. Uh, healthy down, down the stretch run you don't know how long your season's going to be every game is of the utmost important wins are important so do you use pitchers longer who knows do you do you pull them sooner who knows i don't think you should ever get be pulling your starter in the third or fourth or fifth inning uh because you like i said you got to finish the game off pitchers have become more innings eaters than, than wins and losses the wins don't even matter to us starting pitchers anymore it's it's a duration of games that they get into it's their uh how many strikeouts they can amass you think that they would think about getting away from strikeouts get more ground ball get the games over quicker because uh, you, you need more and more pitches to get strikeouts, right? It's, it's that, that's just simple math of how that goes. A one pitch out to me is better than a three pitch strikeout. That, that's just simple math uh, and to save your arm long term and everything else. But so it's kind of it's odd how pitching uh, has has uh, regressed that way a little bit and how games go a little bit longer because the because of how many strikeouts there are. It's going to be interesting how, the, how it all pans out in the next few weeks. Those Houston Astros, they aren't going away. Like I said, they're two and a half up on the Mariners right now, and you got to see they're going to fly away. But, man, that Atlanta Braves team is getting, getting there something else. We'll talk about that uh, all tomorrow morning at 1420 in the morning. Anyways, here is our uh, work bar sponsors at SeatGeek. The foul baller. If there's a ball that's gone foul, he's gone to get it. Under his watchful gaze, all Bev's binoculars and ballpark brats are safe. He's the only thing that stands between his section and certain destruction. That's why he only trusts SeatGeek with his tickets. The ticketing app trusted by fans. SeatGeek, so fans can fan. All right, birthdays and on this day uh, in uh 
Sports history uh, brought to us again by SeatGeek. Thank you very much, SeatGeek, for being a sponsor, longtime sponsor of the 1420 Sports Bar podcast. Brought to you by SeatGeek. Anyways, on this day in 1985, Pete Rose of the Cincinnati Reds got a career hit 4,192 off Eric Show of the San Diego Padres, eclipsing Ty Cobb's record of 4,191 in the Reds' 2-0 win over the Padres in front of 47,237 fans at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati. Rose went two for three that night, including a triple to uh, increase his batting average to 267 on the season. Rose would play one more year in the big leagues uh, where he would get 52 more hits to bring his career total of 4,256 total, a whopping 1,097 ahead of uh, the only active player on the top 20 list, Tigers legend Miguel Cabrera. So it just goes to show the uh, the greatness of Pete Rose over the years. Too bad he got into the uh, all the trouble he's been in over the years. And Pete Rose can't get out of his own ways, but he's still the hit king. So congratulations to Pete Rose on this day in 1985 with the uh, Major League Baseball hit record of 4,192. And happy 43rd birthday to retired NHLer and former Mr. Hillary Duff, Mike Comrie. Comrie played in parts of 10 NHL seasons with stops in Edmonton, Phoenix, Ottawa, the Islanders, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, Comrie amassed 168 goals with 197 assists for 365 points in a rather bleak career plus minus of minus 49. But uh, Mr. Mr. Hillary Duff and uh, his dad owns the Brick franchise here in Canada. So Mr. Comrie, he, uh, he was going to be doing okay in the old pocketbook, no matter if he had an NHL career or not. I liked him as a as an Oiler. He came out uh, of the Kootenai Ice and and had a, a heck of a, a little run there in Edmonton as, as a youngster in his hometown his hometown Oilers. So it's uh, one of those things that Comrie just didn't uh, couldn't get out of his own way a little bit. Feisty player, uh, just uh, I think uh, concussions and stuff got the best of him too. But he was a good player, not a great player. He had some moments of greatness as we're watching here on YouTube and everything else. But anyways, uh, we'll be remiss to, to, to mention this. It's, it's one of those days that we, uh, everybody knows who's my age and old, like a uh, Jimmy Valentine or who are, our uh, producer of the show, he wasn't even born when the 9-11 tragedies happened back in 2001, but uh, anybody else who was around that day and remembers exactly what happened and exactly their their thoughts and being glued to your TV for uh, the entire day and then the days on end after that, and the, the, the the terror that amassed New York City and uh, right across the country it was uh, such a, the world has changed uh, ever since that day. There's been so much, so much, uh, not just uh, getting onto airplanes, but just the uh, Everything. How everything has changed since that day, right across not only uh, Canada but the United States, as well, the United States and Canada as well, and right across the world. But uh, it's it's a sad day. I've been down to the uh, the 9/11 memorial a few times, and uh, it's touching to see. And it's a very it's a very uh, eerie, but it's. Um, yeah, it's it's just an odd, odd spot. That the sereneness, the quietness that that's around there, and just how nobody says anything. There was one time uh, a few years back when I was there, and there was a firehouse right across the street where all the all the members of that firehouse, all the firemen and people who worked there, firemen and women who worked in that uh, that called up that place home. They uh, they all perished in the, uh, the the World Trade Center that day, and there was a a man had, uh, telling his story about what happened that day at nine. Uh, 
when he's coming out of the World Trade Center and how a fireman got him. So he's kind of a bigger guy and how a fireman carried this guy down the stairs and got him to safety. And then the fireman went back up and was never seen again. So there's all kinds of stories that would be on TV all day today. But if whoever remembers that, just remember that, uh, you know, to put, put life in perspective and all this stuff that we do, talking about sports and then complaining about your team, uh, it don't really matter. It's for entertainment. It's for fun. And, and to remember days like today, how the world changed uh, for the worse uh, on 9-11 and the, and the people that perished in uh, not only in uh, at the World Trade Center, but at, uh, at the Pentagon and at the... Uh, uh, in Pennsylvania as well. So a lot, uh, there's a lot bigger things in life than the scores of a football game or a baseball game or a hockey game. And to put things in perspective and not lose uh, light of the, of all that kind of stuff that happens on a daily basis. It's a lot more important than, than the sports world that we, uh, we tend to love so much and tend to ha- hold it such a high regard. But anyways, uh, here's a 1420 toast to all the people who perished that day and all the people who helped out and the, the survivors and everything else. So here's a toast to the people of, of, uh, of, of uh, New York city. Cause it was, it's, it's a touching moment. There's something you'll never, forget no matter where you are and and on on and on it goes but uh, anyways there it is for 14 20 in the morning make sure you guys subscribe to our youtube channel uh talk to people about the show like we always say go to our we have the uh we'll, we'll put it up there in the the show's notes today we have a uh, merchandise uh page you can go get your 1420 and uh hey blue and 1420 in the morning um swag i guess to help support the show as well and make sure you guys uh, yeah follow our youtube channel and talk to people about the show it's very important uh, to help uh, keep trying to grow this thing i don't know if we're going to get to the uh, sudden number sports report this week might be a next week thing um got some, some problems not problems just some details with the sponsors i guess before we get this thing going we want to make sure we have it right before we uh before we release it but anyways that's it 14 20 in the morning for this september 11th 2023 22 years after the tragedy and everything else but make sure you uh make sure you go and hug your your, uh, your loved ones today and uh, always remember it doesn't matter where you are it's who you're with have a good day folks and we'll talk later on tonight you just listened to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer of the sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Let's get into it.